I'm Adela, and this is the House Medium Podcast. In this podcast, you are going to send me your emails and you're going to ask your questions, whether it's paranormal or have to do with real estate and you want me to look at the house that you're looking to buy or rent. But not only are you going to send me your emails, but I'm going to have you on my podcast and I'm going to see and tell you what I see while I'm seeing it responding to your email right to you and you are going to tell me if this makes sense if it resonates so all the listeners can hear and be a part of this experience now if you don't want to be on here i understand for those of you who don't i will still read your email however i look forward to being your house medium. Hi, everybody. Okay, welcome to the house medium. I'm Adela, your house medium. And uh, we, we, I, we are going to go on this ride together, but I have a really good episode for you. Um, This is very different. And I love so much how these just kind of end up aligning just organically, intuitively, magically, and we're going to get to it. But because this next, you know, this next episode or the next part of what we're going to get into is, it's not heavy. It's not like heavy in that kind of way, but it is really intense in a cool interesting way. I figure we should go to, you know, the Medium Brew Cafe first. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We need to start there. Let's just all chill because nobody sent me in their pumpkin spice latte Rex. Nobody sent in any recommendations for me. So I took it upon myself to go ahead and find some more recommendations for you know myself so first of all i started with starbucks pumpkin spice latte i went back to it i went to revisit it but i got it iced and i will say it's it's really good iced it is it is good ice it is to me much better ice than it is for me I got it non-fat because I didn't want all I didn't finish it because it's 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 a lot it's pretty sweet and I like coffee and I do take my coffee cream and sugar thank you very much but I don't I don't like it all the time like heavily sweetened you know flavored I should say so I went back and I um said okay what if I get non-fat it will kind of like you know cut the the sweetening and get it iced because this was my second cup of the day and I will say that I will give it about six wands oh that's that's not a, that's the wand drop <laughs> that's the one drop let's go back six wands six six magic wands I'll give it six magic ones. About five and a half. It's definitely not a wand drop, so that was wrong. Don't get excited. For all of you pumpkin spice people, 
it's a five and a half, but I couldn't finish it. And that's just because it was just a little too much sweet. But I am not just reviewing this on what Adela would drink. I'm kind of reviewing this on those of you who like pumpkin spice. And you and I'm I'm I know you know the Starbucks one, so you don't need me, but so those of you who may kind of be going, come on, Adela, get into the fall mood. Join us on the pumpkin spice train. I did. And that's 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 what I could do. If you have other ones, if you know any other roasting I looked. I really did look. I looked for um I looked for other ones, but there aren't a lot. Starbucks seems to have the the hold on it. By the way, when I used to work at Starbucks, we used to have a horrible, horrible drink called, um, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but it was, um, what was it? It was, uh, I'll have to think about it. It wasn't, it wasn't pumpkin spice. It was much more gross than that, that they tried for the holidays. And I think they nixed it because they realized it was really disgusting. I'll have to think about what it was. It may come to me, but in the meantime, I decided I saw this Alchemist coffee brand and it is so pretty. It's Alchemist coffee roasting. This is the gold, excuse me, espresso. And it's made with, it's a medium roast. It's made with Colombian Mexican, uh, Colombian bean. Now, so for those of you who don't know, back in the day, you know, when I worked for Starbucks, they were like, I, Oh, wait, wait, let me say this. The packaging is awesome. It's black and gold. So if you know, I'm all about the black and gold. So it caught my eye and it is magical. And they're based out of um, Idaho, which is interesting. I actually got the beans and I grind them and I did a French press. I'm going to go ahead and sip it for you in my magic cup. This is my awesome um, Day of a Dead cup. And I'm going to take a sip. Mm. I actually had some earlier because when I prep for this podcast, it takes me a minute and I need some coffee. But this is actually pretty good. But I want—I was going to say the bean is very light. And of those of you who don't know, Arabica beans are the cheaper beans and they're usually the very light beans. And the Robusta beans is kind of what you want. Or it could be reverse. It's been a while I think it's, yeah. And when you roast it on an espresso, when you roast beans, it's not a espresso bean, it's the roast and it's the darkest and it's made for espresso. But I went ahead and did a French press because you can get a French roast and do a French press. You can do anything in a French press. So I went ahead and, and um, French pressed it and it is pretty good. It's actually really good. I really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I probably will drink it like the rest of it. And I love the packaging. The packaging is beautiful. It kind of tastes like it's really not that strong. Even though it's espresso roast, I would say that this is absolutely doable, 100% for your morning coffee. It's not got a, uh, a dark, roasty taste to it it's actually really really kind of light 
it's because it's a Colombian bean. The Colombian beans tend to be really light. Back in the day when I worked for Starbucks, they made you learn all the coffees because that's what we used to do it fresh. Anyway, I will give this absolutely a seven and a half wands. Yeah, seven and a half magic wands. I definitely recommend this. Alchemist, it's like got a cool, cool packaging. It's definitely not too overpowering. Um, I would definitely drink this. I like mine a little more of a stronger, you know, smokier, uh, kind of a smokier flavor. This isn't, this is definitely um, a dark roast that tastes like a good morning coffee. Not your, not your like, you know, diner, you know, light coffee, but you know, a light coffee. So I think you will enjoy it. And that's all I have for you in the Medium Brew Cafe today because we have a lot to get to. So let's leave. Thank you everyone for indulging. Now I'll put that on the menu. <laughs> all right, we're gonna get right to these emails because you're gonna see how magically they aligned. Okay, this one, this first one is from Michaela. All right. Hi, Adela. Love you on TikTok. Oh, thank you. Saw you requesting stories. Here's mine. Best of luck figuring it out. Ha. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I love her. Uh, she's like, good luck. Good luck. I haven't told many people about this experience mainly because it defies reality and I haven't encountered anything like it since. Love it. Now, by the way, buckle up everyone because you will see how magically these, these stories aligned. I'll explain in a minute, but they are both about defying reality. I hope you give my story a chance to interpret and thanks for reading. It happened when I was 12 years old. I was sitting at my family's computer in a room where there was a window to the right of me, like four, six, four to six feet. It was storming outside dark and rainy of course of course it's always got to be stormy dark and rainy right i was filling out one of those myspace surveys <laughs> we're going back into the 90s again all right so here we go filling out myspace surveys okay got it she's filling out the myspace survey if we remember them, it's like a series of fun personal questions to share with your friends. When I got to the question, and here it here it goes. Okay, she's signing on. She's filling it out. And she's trying. She's signing on first. And then she's, she's going to fill out the survey. All right, so she's filling out the survey. It's storming outside. And then she gets to the question. When I got to the question, do you believe in God? I stopped and pondered at that point. I went to church weekly with my family, but was starting to think there might not be. As I was about to type no or something, there was this loud ricochet of lightning and bright flash. Lightning, which obviously caught my attention toward the window as I looked suddenly, 
it is blue skies, no sign of a storm. And I see an all white figure walking in slow motion, maybe hovering outside close to the window. This being had long straight white hair covering its face and I think a white cloak. It was bright, bright white, like bleached white. I don't know how long it was I was in a trance, but when I was snapped back to reality, I started trembling profusely in fear and ran out of the room. From that day honored onward, I didn't question the existence of God, but never truly knew what it was. If I had to guess, I would say an angel of some sort. It had powerful, almost primordial energy. I'm now a witch in my own right, along with my Christian background. Any insight on this would be appreciated. Thank you. Best, Michaela. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? Kind of interesting. She's sitting there. She's questioning. She's like sitting in the storm, which whenever you're in the storm and you have the elements going all around you, and you're having all, you're really feeling the energy and the, and the power of the earth and of something, right? And now she's like sitting there being confronted by her inner self at a young age of 12, which is kind of amazing. And that happens to her. That is definitely gonna make you go, okay, apparently, I should pay attention and maybe it's yes. You know, it's definitely going to affect you. So let's hear what I had to say to Michaela. Okay, everybody, you heard me read Michaela's very unusual. I love this, this email, and I encourage you all to send all the things to my way. Anyway, here she is. Michaela's here. She's going to go over this email with me, and I'm going to tell her what was I saw. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good. <laughs> when you sent this email in, were you expecting me to go? Hey, don't you want to come on the podcast and let me tell you? Because I know you said you saw my thing, my little ad, basically on on the talk. And yeah, yeah. Did you expect me to to say you're going to be on? on um, here? Not, not as quickly as you did respond. Um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm excited. Yeah. About it. If people, there's only two ways. If people send an email and it's way like, I don't know, this could be other things, then I'll, I'll either say thanks, I'll read it on air or thanks. I don't know if it fits, but if it's like a paranormal, then I'm going to be like, yeah, let's go. Because the whole point is I just want to brush over the email, but I want to go. This, the fun part is hearing from people out in the world because everybody has experiences, but they kind of don't tell people, you know, I have found that like people just kind of keep it to themselves for a long time. Um, so then I go, why well, I, <laughs> I know how to break that. Just come on a podcast. See, it's that 
You didn't tell well, your friends, your family. No, just uh, okay. I have, I've told a select oh, okay. amount of friends, but okay. it dwindled because I, I remember I told a girl who I was friends with, which mm-hmm. at the time I was like 12, 13. And she rightfully so didn't believe me. And yeah, I think that's what a lot of people. I know. Experience. It's the pro- yeah, it's the problem. And the, the funny thing about it is, is that that pr- person probably had something happen, but nobody wants to say it. But then there are people who just want to say it all the time. There's no in between. This is what mm-hmm. I found. Yeah, It's either people are like really quiet about it or people just blah, blah, blah about it. So I, I just, I just, you know, that's the point. I'm trying to break the stigma of the whole thing. Okay, so let's go over your email. So you were twelve, perfect age to get into to get into deep, right on the philosophical. Coast. You weren't sitting around wondering what you're going to do with your hair. You're like, <laughs> let's ask the bigger questions. Okay, I like it. This is me. I relate to it. Although I did probably sit around worrying about my hair too. But so you're sitting there. And it's a rainy day. I love, and you're talking about MySpace surveys. This is the second <laughs> '90s throwback in a row. Everybody, you know, I use, you know, sound effects for MySpace. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, MySpace, don't hate it because that's how I started actually doing all this. Was on MySpace. Oh wow! Yeah, it was like I finally succumbed to the fact these things been happening my whole life. I gave into it and I literally went on MySpace to psychic rooms and I, and I was like answering people's questions who was asking, you know how people would have their own room. Remember you could build your own, not just your page, but if you wanted to have your room about knitting or something like that, call it the knit club or whatever. And this person, I think it was their room and I was correcting them. Like I wasn't correcting them like like a jerk. I was just answering the question people were putting out and I kept getting them hit on. So people were like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. How old were you? (laughs) Oh, I was way older. I'm older than you. I was like, this was like when I succumbed to my path, like in my thirties, I was way older. I didn't, I didn't like give into it for a long, long time. Like, did you, when you say you didn't give into it, like you always believed that you had a gift of some sort and you just kind of tapped into it or? No, no, no. When I was young, very young, uh, my whole life I saw things, but I was raised very religious. So it wasn't something at all talked about that was real. So no one believed me, basically. I saw things all the time told people things. My, I was told I was intuitive, but I didn't really know what that meant. No one explained it to me. This is, this is what's like grow up in the eighties. No one explains anything to you and we didn't have Google. So, um, or, or any internet. So I didn't really understand those things, but it wasn't until my twenties, I started to have things that happened. And then I started to play with it and tell people, and I, it was spot on and it kind of freaked me out for a while. So I kind of just abandoned it for like over 10 years. Um, But it doesn't ever really go away. I just didn't want to pay attention to it. So MySpace was like the place I kind of went, you know, let me, let me test it out. 
and then it grew and then it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. And here we are. <laughs> All right. So that's enough about me. Don't try to, don't try to flip. Don't try no, to flip I, it. This cool attention's on actually. you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at you being a 12 year old asking if there's a God, is that what happened? So what, what made you kind of get into drop into this mindset at the time? Well, yeah, it was um, it was a MySpace survey, so it was just like a list of questions, like personal mm-hmm. questions. Like none of them, I don't think. I mean, I can't remember the rest of the survey, but I'm assuming the other questions were like, "What is your favorite color? What is your favorite memory?" And then it just at a certain point is like, "Do you believe in God?" I mean, what's up with MySpace asking that question? So <laughs> weird, right? I don't know, but yeah. So, um, and I, had never, I was yeah. also raised religious. Um, mm-hmm. My mom is a very spiritual woman. I think she has um, abilities in her own right, but that she doesn't. She sort of acknowledges, but I don't think she's nourished it. Um, mm. But she, you know, she was a very steadfast Christian. And so I always went to church. I never, you know, I never questioned anything. And I think that was the first time I had that question pointed directly at me. And it was my, and there was nobody around me to judge my answer. And so, yeah, I, I just, I think at 12 years old, you can still, that's the point, even though you're young, like you can start having a level of self-reflection. Um, Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. I didn't know what to answer. You know, if I, I, I'm just thinking about it and you're right, because I was raised religious with no outside influence other than what your parents controlled, because this was a time where we had like 11 stations on the channel. There was no, and especially we were, we were, we lived, there was no cable and stuff, but anyway, but to be 12 and someone just asks you, because when you're raised really religious, no one's asking you that. It's like, this is the way it is. Take it or leave it. Shut up, basically. So for someone to ask you that, that would be really kind of a free, like a door opening. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's or neat. door closing, because right. I think I was leaning towards, I don't think so. I don't think there is a God. And then the mm. rest happened. Like, right, it, it happened pretty quickly that when I was about to, like, come to the decision of putting, I don't think so, or no, like, something negative, a negative response. Then that's when, like, the thunder lightning happened. Da, da, da. I mean, that's, <laughs> like, literally going to make you go, okay, I believe in God. I mean, anybody. I know. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I'm really thankful for the experience because not a lot of people get such assurance that like, oh, okay, this isn't all it. Like there is, this is not all that reality, quote unquote, consists of. It, it's just like, Actually, and you, this is Ohio, right? Were you in is. Ohio? And I will say that I'm a LA girl born and raised, but I lived in Ohio for a year. And I did not know what thunderstorms were for real. I thought I knew. I thought I knew until I was sitting on the bed at an apartment I was renting and the lightning struck 
and my TV went out and I jumped onto the floor was like, wait, these are real thunderstorms like that. I, you don't get that like in California at all. You get pew. pew Where in pew. Ohio was it? Was it su- like Southern? Cleveland. Central? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shaker it. Heights. Yeah. And, and I was in there and I didn't know. So I, I, I remember being told like, oh, you'll, I remember literally funny enough being told like, you'll, you'll believe there's a God in, in this th- thunderstorms we have here. And I didn't get it. And I was like, yeah, that's when like nature is like yelling at you. And I, you don't experience that in LA besides the sun, you know, that's it. So I could believe that at 12, you know, yeah. or like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's like, like a scene out of a movie. Okay. So then this is, this is the part where it gets really cool Weird. and trippy. Yeah. So lightning, which obviously caught your attention and then suddenly there's like blue sky. So you almost, can you describe what you were seeing with these blue skies? Okay. It, it's like a flashbulb memory. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, um, oops, do you hear me? I thought yeah, I hear Stop. you. Um, I just remember turning towards the window and immediately I see this like very bright white figure. Um, it, it didn't necessarily have like a light beaming off of it. It was just like somebody who was like wearing very bleached white clothing. I mean, I'm assuming it was like a cloak cause I, I didn't see much of a form to the clothing, mm-hmm. uh, but the biggest like thing that I will always remember. And I always found interesting about it is the long white hair covering the face. It was very long, white, straight hair covering the face. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, there was like a blue sky in the background, but this figure was tall um, because it was, it was close to the window and the window led to the, it was on the, like if you went outside the window, you'd be on the porch. And so just thinking about it, either that figure was like, um, over six feet tall, or it was like floating, hovering. I don't know, but it was like in slow motion, like it was distorted. I didn't. I don't know. I was. It was like a trance. Um, yeah, so I don't, like you were in a trance. Okay, that's yeah. it. And then I don't know. I just kind of snapped back, back, and was immediately trembling. Uh huh. Yeah, it was very scary, actually. Um, I'm sure it was scary. Yeah, you're like, I mean, when you're 12, you think you're pretty damn grown. But now that you look back, you realize 12 is nothing. <laughs> like, oh, like, it's fun. It, it is like when you, you know, like, you know, it's still pretty, pretty young. And um, that would be scary. But I think it, I could. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just thinking about. Like, well, this is a question maybe you could answer is like, did the spirit take into account that I'm 12 years old and that I was probably like coward, the coward, you know, do you know that show? Courage, the cowardly dog. Like, no, try to like make it. Don't know that show. (laughs) It must be a newer show. Yeah. Um, But uh, But just that like the, the spirit tried to not scare me too much. 
but still was very scary nonetheless. Um, well, we're going to see what it is and I'll answer that. Okay. So let me, let me, let me get into it. We're going to get into it right now. I'm going to put a little mood though. So this is my feeling. The interesting part is, first of all, to answer your question about spirits, which is not what I feel you, you experienced. Spirits, meaning people who died, no. A lot of them don't care. take that into account at all. Um, but uh, your family and those who care about you and don't want to scare you do. But those who think you have a gift and you can see them are just going to bombard you. That's why putting boundaries and your rules and regulations is important that when it comes, that's what is true when it comes to spirits and stuff like that are true that I've learned to come to believe. You know what I mean? Not saying everyone has to believe what I believe. Um, but I don't feel like you saw a spirit. This is very classic. And we started talking about this off air and I was like, hold up, wait a minute. We got to like do this on the podcast, but this is very reminiscent to St. Michael, who we started to talk about, um, which is what you were saying your namesake is kind of connected to, right? We were saying. So St. Michael is always seen very tall. Um, there is no number. I think you asked me that before and I was like, I, could, I didn't really answer that because there really isn't a number. I could say like how tall, but he's always people always see him tall and here's the thing it's either blue and gold or blue and white are the colors he's associated with the blue is also I wanted to look at it and see if this was alien by the way because alien energies tend to be blue I do feel I always call it like I believe angels aliens and such fairies, people who believe in fae and stuff are under the same um, umbrella. Just kind of imagine we're human and if someone came to our world, they would see us and think we look very similar to apes and they would go, but I saw this thing that looked like had arms and a head and a nose and they're like, yeah, that's what I saw too, but it's different. Do you see what I mean? Like are you there? Oh, Sorry. Hello? No, I can hear you. Are you there? Go yeah, away. Did you hear Siri came on? Did you hear that? No. Okay, that's really annoying. This happens all the time when I do <laughs> this podcast, by the way. I just said her name and she didn't give a shit. But I, <laughs> but it just, she just comes on <laughs> randomly all the goddamn time. So anyway, and it, a lot of weird stuff always happens when we start getting into aliens. I don't know. Anyway, back to what I was saying, everyone. <laughs> I think. Um, so aliens are um, under. So I was saying that if people came to this planet and they saw us as humans and they saw apes, let's say some one person saw apes, another person saw a human, they would be describing something similar, but they would say, no, but mine looked like had hair and look like this. You're like, well, mine had hair on its head, right? But sometimes they have it on their face. They would be trying to figure out, are we seeing the same thing? We are not seeing the same thing, but it's in the same family. Hmm. That's how that realm works. So angels, aliens, people who believe in fae, 
they are very similar to each other because they're not human and they are kind of coming from the same place. Like people who believe in Fae um, believe they're helpful and fairies are helpful and they kind of help the earth and then and nature and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And people who believe in aliens kind of sometimes that too, but they feel a little different. And angels can be, and they can be tough and some are nice and some aren't. Same with angels. They can be tough on people and have different roles, but it's, but I have found they kind of have the same frequency, if that makes sense. And it's always the blue and white or blue and gold frequency. We see it as color. So I absolutely believe something was trying to tell you like, well, we want you to believe in something. My read on it is it was saying she needs something to believe in. She needs our help with whatever was going on in your life or just maybe it would help you feel better. So let her believe in something. It almost keeps that like third eye. And yeah, they'll sometimes take a form you're familiar with because that kind of looks angelic slash godlike, right? That form. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of talking to you in the language you would understand. Does it mean you should go, well, that's it. I believe in God (laughs) and you know, or my read on it is like, we don't want her to feel alone. What if in that moment you were like, screw it. You know, I don't believe in anything. I believe in me. I'm the power of me, which is fine too. (laughs) But I get the feeling and you don't have to share it, but I get the feeling something wanted to you were going through something or we're going to go through something and you needed to know you weren't alone. Yeah. It saved my life. Yeah. That's an angel. Usually that's an angelic beings job there. And we were talking about this off air about how St. Michael is known for being like tough and intimidating, but the other side is, loving and protective like there's like a loving protectiveness to the toughness if that makes sense especially children that's why i was telling you you know when we were off air saint michael is very big in protecting children oh yeah big like so big that that energy because i see him see that you know as an energy um like will you know definitely believes in like people who who hurt children there's a big thing to that so there's a big protective and that's why some people have seen saint michael like a little little kid like oh i used to see someone that looked like a little boy and he would talk to me and tell me it was there for me and protect me i go yeah it's usually that saint michael will come in a form of a child too when kids are really little so that they don't feel intent, you know, scared. So although I know that was really scary for you, you were mesmerized at the same time. And that was kind of the job they wanted to do, like really make an impact on you. But it wasn't like spooky scary. It was just like, what the hell was that scary? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I see. I am happy with that answer, and that's kind of what I was hoping for. Um, yeah, 
I have a follow-up question to that. Sure. Because now that you say, like, um, so, I mean, I think I, like, have a ways to go in terms of developing um, Mm -hmm. any gifts I have. But I think one thing that has, I've noticed the last couple of years is, like, this blue orb sometimes that I'll see. Mm -hmm. Like, either in pictures or, like, like faintly around me it's like a dark blue small orb yes yes that's always associated to me with michael like whenever yeah colbert blue yeah yeah yes Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's crazy yeah yeah it's a definite high frequency energy and um i've had people i've seen i see that i see those like all i see the orbs all the time but i don't mean orbs the way people think orbs are like you know just the way you're seeing it capturing it on a camera i mean i can see it it'll pop up in front of me like Mm -hmm. you saw in the sky that time i see those things all the time but these blue balls all the time that sounded bad but blue orbs (laughs) no 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 but yes no me too but is it like for you is it clear because it's not it's like a like a faint a faint like and usually it's at the like the in a side like i'm not looking directly at it yeah well that's that's because you your sight isn't developed yet so the more your sight develops the, the like the more my sight developed the longer i would see them the longer it would last, the bigger they would get, the the spot, you know, the, the orbs would get, and the darker they got. They started off white, like sparks, and then it went to pink sparks, then it went to purple sparks, and then the purples got bigger, and then they turned into darker blue, and they started getting bigger and last longer and longer, and now I just see them all the time. I'll see them when something's just trying to catch me and go like, Hey, we're here. We're paying, you know, so St. Michael's energy doesn't give you all of his energy. Cause if it gave you all of his energy or it gave you all his energy, this being, it would just destroy us. So it'll, it gives, it's giving a piece of its energy. It's a frequency and that frequency. So yeah, it sounds like your sight trying to, peek out and find its way and um, you should follow that. Yeah, I think I think I've been wanting to. Uh, yeah. That's great. I just can't wrap my head around so like I have a personal connection to this St. Michael specifically. Mm-hmm. Is, does that mean that, like, this energy is some, like, would I say a guardian angel or would I just say, like, this is a kind of, like, kind of guide? Oh, um, no, no, no. St. Michael is, isn't a guardian angel. They're archangels. So they're kind of, they, they, they don't, nobody, nobody in that realm follows anyone. Like I said, it's just like, kind of imagine if he's able to throw his energy, a piece, a very tiny piece of the energy around you is like us throwing a text out 
It's the best way I can describe it. It's not like uh, that. So let's say I got a text and someone, and I was back 200 years. They're like, oh, how did you talk to her? Was she standing there? No. Well, how did you talk to her? She said, she said, hi, how did she do that? You know, it's with letters in the sky. So I always see things like this, that realm and how it operates more like high technology. We don't understand. So it's not a guardian. The role of those energies are protectors of this realm, meaning there are spiritual laws that we are supposed to adhere to, but just, you know, like always we don't. And there are ones that kind of, kind of create bumpers. They, they're not supposed to rescue or change, but if you're awake to it and you're kind of got a piece of you, which sounds like you had a piece of you that kind of has your own like ability, your own gift, then they, um, try to tune into you because they feel like you'll pick up on it. Like, it's not like that thing that happened to you that night couldn't have been tried with someone else, but they're asleep to it. So when you start kind of waking up to those things, they kind of feel like, well, we got to kind of help protect. They're always trying to kind of help protect, but it's complicated in the sense that people think, well, if there's other beings, then why don't they just stop everything? But they can't, we created this mess, so it's not their job change it all. We're supposed to be learning from the mess we created and we ourselves are supposed to be making a change. Like they're not genies in a bottle, but those bigger energies that are like archangels are just kind of guarding between the realms and you just, you saw it. So if you have a draw to that energy, it's probably because, you know, there's something in you waking up and that's, that's what I would say. You surprised? No, I'm not. Oh, good. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, like, what I hoped it would be mm-hmm. is confirmed. Um, right. I think too, like, the times that I brought up this story in the past, like, Probably what really led me to not continue talking about it was I went to a Christian summer camp and there was a like a oh, anonymous gosh. question drop off box. Oh boy. That the counselors get them. And I put it in there. I was like, I think I saw I mean, I was trying to figure it out. I think I, you saw an angel. Well, I, I, I think I said Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's like, a, no, no. Don't you no, understand? I know. I know. I only, know. The, <laughs> only the pastor or the priest sees that. Who do you think you are, you child? Yeah. I think I said, yeah, I either said JC or some angel. And I remember <laughs> this, this guy. Like, Yo, I saw JC. I swear. <laughs> this guy counselor read it out loud and he got so angry like I just couldn't understand I was like I saw this like like miraculous thing why aren't you kind of like in my head I'm like I mean it's kind of cool like you should be yeah putting it a little bit but he was way you should go Jesus started his work at 12 so I think I'm perfectly in line okay Jesus that's what you should have said I've also, okay, uh, to prepare for this podcast, I was talking to some friends about <laughs> ghost stories over yeah. the weekend, 
And I, is there some correlation with like the age, like being on the cusp of puberty and like seeing some free, something freaky? Because I have like two other friends who the age of like 12, 13, they saw something or experiencing something paranormal. Um, I feel like what really is happening is that, you know, when you, when you hit about 10, this is what I've always seen. Your spirit really like snaps into your body. Like you're really here. I always feel like we're kind of still, I believe that when we come into this world and you're born, the whole point of birthing is like the avatar that's being, being grown is now the spirit uh, kind of floats between and then you're born and you hit that, you know, portal and you come through it, then your spirit and body click together. And then you spend time teaching this baby, like, here's your fingers, here's your toes, welcome to planet Earth, this is how we hold a spoon, this is, if you realize we're teaching somebody how to be human, it's not innate, like, look at deers and stuff, they like, plop out, hey, I'm here, you know, <laughs> but we have to, like, learn it. So um, anyway, so I feel like at 10, before 10, you're kind of floating between still, that's why children are so quick to believe in flying and all the things that I believe we did in the other realm before we came here. And I feel like 12, 13 is when you really start being here. Um, but you are still definitely open to that. And so you're definitely going to be, everything's going to be like hyper alert. Like you're hyper alert of this world and that world. Like you, you're a little bit more clear about they're separate from each other. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because like when you're nine, you're like, I don't know, I saw Jesus, whatever, past, you know, <laughs> my milk, you know, like you're not, when you're a kid, you're just like, it's totally normal. Like, what's the problem? I saw Jesus, I saw an angel, isn't everybody doing that? Like, nobody cares, think about it. They'll be like, oh, this little one. But then when you're like 12, 13, people are like, what the hell are you talking, you know, they think it's more like you're being disrespectful because you should know better kind of thing. And you kind of are having more of a self-awareness. So maybe my feeling is that person who got pissed at you is like, how dare you? You're living in your ego. Who do you think you are? That's what I was saying. They're probably like, who do you think you are? But if you were eight, they would have been like, ha, ha, ha. she thought she saw Jesus. Oh, that's cute. And you'd have been yeah. like, I don't know. And you just would have plopped around, right? But at 12, you're like, hey, what the hell's your problem? Like, why is this so crazy to you? Like, why are you acting this way? You're questioning things. So I just kind of feel that's a perfect age for that. that All sense. right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing this. This is like a different one because I don't think, I mean, we, we've talked about St. Michael and things like this on this podcast, but um, to like really share, I bet there's going to be more people now sharing and you guys better. She came on, not even knowing what she was stepping into. You guys can come on to share your, your other, if they could share alien stories, we could definitely share angelic stories. I think. I think right? so too. And yeah. also you're super like easy to talk to. Um, Aww. So you have a good sense of humor. So yes, everybody <laughs> with angel encounters. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on down. Come on down. It'll be good. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Whoa. <laughs> so I absolutely feel that she experienced an angelic energy. I mean, this is kind of typical of how they work and how they look. Those are the energies that they show, the colors that she saw. I mean, we are interpreting the colors, obviously, and, you know, in the way that we understand. So in other words, we're seeing the frequency and we're seeing what the frequency, we're seeing the frequency and then the frequency kind of gives you like a color. So I feel that she was absolutely in this space, sitting there and looking at, you know, what was probably an answer to her to help her. See, this is the thing about this realm is that they will help you in ways when they go, okay, I got your attention. You know, even though she was like sitting there answering a questionnaire on MySpace, this was the perfect opportunity. And since there's no time there, they know like, well, this is a chance that we have to, you know, this will be a time where she's actually kind of stopping and questioning and then we can help her. And she can know she's not alone and she has the help. Of course, she's 12 and she's going to interpret it to like God is talking to her. That's totally natural and normal. But their intention is really to kind of jump in and go, hey, we are here and we can help you. Isn't that awesome? I mean, I just loved this story because I felt like it was very honest and very pure. And I feel like this is something that happens very much to a lot of people. And a lot of times it's misinterpreted as, you know, something else in the sense of, oh, something powerful is trying to like, almost like, you know, how dare you question who I am? Of course, you know, that type of thing. But it really was, okay, we don't want you to not believe in anything because you're going to need help in your life. So we want you to know there is love around you. There is protection. So this is our chance. I thought it was really cool. And wait till you see how it connects to pause, pausing Citric for the train. Wait till you see, I have to take a, I have to take a sip of my, um, <laughs> my coffee. Hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. Of my alchemist coffee. Wait till you see how this connects. I have to get my little magic wand for this one. Like physical. Oops. Physical magic wand. How it connects to my next email. Which this, this email is from Danny. Okay. Danny. Hi, Adela. My name is Danny, and I'm comfortable being on the podcast and having my name used. First, let me just say that I love your podcast, and I've been binging it at home and work ever since I heard you on the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Thank you <laughs> so much. I've learned you so much from the great from the great information and advice you've given, and you've inspired me to start accepting my intuition and figuring out my craft. I gave you the shiniest five-star review I have ever written. Thank you so much, Danny. And uh, everyone else, feel free to uh, follow suit when you get a chance. But thank you so much. I so appreciate it. I love um, hearing that. For as long as I can remember, I've been absolutely fascinated with the paranormal. 
I loved watching anything about ghosts or monsters, and Goosebumps was a major favorite of mine. I often begged my family to tell me scary stories during long drives. However, they were never too keen on telling me the stories I wanted. Despite my fascination with the paranormal, I was actually an extremely terrified child. I suffered from horrible anxiety at night, and I endlessly sought out chances, chances to sleep with my grandparents, whom I lived with. When I was about eight years old, I had a small boxy TV that I used to play my PS1. This was one of those old TVs with a screen that you could feel the static coming off, off of it while it was on. I am familiar. I don't know what time it was, but it was probably around midnight or one, of course. The TV suddenly turned on and was static, and I was immediately afraid. As if on autopilot, I ran and turned off the TV and back to my bed and tried to go right back to sleep. If I faced the wall, was under the covers, and was perfectly still, I was safe. That's the rule. Well, I was obviously not safe from that TV turning on itself again. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Okay. Rydos is about to fall back to sleep. This time, I was not having it. With all the courage I could muster, I zoomed to the TV, unplugged it from the wall, and decided to spend the rest of the night between my grandparents. My family tried to pass it off as a power surge, but here's the thing. I used that TV to play a video games. That means my TV was always set to video two, which came up as a silent black screen with a green video two. If anybody remembers that, when we had to do that, video one, video two, ugh, and all the remotes. Resting neatly in the corner. In order for a static to come onto the screen, someone would have needed to press the mode button, switching the setting from video two to cable, which had no connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had this happen with a TV that was on the floor and unplugged, so I know what she's talking about. Yeah, that's another story. I was raised Catholic, and my great-grandmother taught me prayers at a very young age. Although I was accustomed to going to Mass and saying my prayers, I didn't really get into the faith until I was in high school. My family had me go through a confirmation program run by the youth ministry at our church, and it was actually pretty fun and spiritual for a church thing. The program included highly emotional retreats that often left me feeling refreshed, which is nice. After being confirmed, I became a leader of the youth ministry myself. The ministry leaders had uh, a retreat each year, and it basically revolved around prayer-themed bonding exercises. I had no idea that my leadership retreat would shock me with a core memory that I still swear by today. Even though I'm not Catholic anymore, I almost never tell this story. Even I find myself questioning it sometimes. Then I remember that I wasn't the only witness to this event. It was a warm night, and the retreat was taking place in a campground designed for outdoor education programs. We were doing prayer meditation in which we focused on things we wanted to let go of emotionally. 
We walked along an outside trail lit by battery-powered flickering candles. The point of the prayer meditation was to stop at a different locations and pray over different things that we wanted to let go of. This was all leading up to our final stop along our path, the hall in which our adoration was going to take place. For those who may not know, a Catholic adoration is a serious meditation that involves a priest bringing out a monstrous, a monstrous, a monstrous, trance, sorry, monstrance, which I think I'm saying that right, which is an elaborate golden cross that kind of looks like Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. In the center of the monstrance, the priest places a very special Eurocrest which I like to call the Jesus Cracker. But I'll keep calling it Eurocrest to be respectful of the situation I'm about to describe. During adoration, the priest doesn't use just any regular Sunday Eurocrest. Catholics believe that during adoration, the Eurocrest in the monstrous doesn't just become Jesus. Jesus becomes the Eurocrest, as in Jesus himself, in his entirety, essence is temporarily possessing that particular Eurocrest. We gathered around a large table covered in a white cloth. The room was very dim. In the far corner, a couple of musicians had some lights to see with. Otherwise, all of the light came from the real candles that covered the table. There were also dozens, if not few hundred candles forming four aisles extending outward from the table in the shape of a cross. I don't remember if the candles on the floor were real or electronic like the ones outside, but the ones on the table were real. We divided ourselves into the four sections created by the candles cross, and then we kneeled. That's when the priest slowly walked the monstrous down an aisle, I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong, but I think it's monstrance down an aisle and placed on the special Eurocrest inside. The people in each quadrant bowed as the priest circled the monstrance around to face them. He then placed it in the center of the table and walked away. The musicians softly plucked their instruments from where they sat, and that's when we all started to let go. It was tears crying everywhere. One by one, every single person started crying and taking turns approaching the monstrance. And I, like I said, I hope I'm saying it right. Bowing to it, praying to it, touching it, crying to it, and it was very cathartic experience. People were holding each other and sobbing on each other. We were taking turns praying over and comforting each other. The space felt incredibly warm and healing. I have never experienced anything like it. After I did pretty much all of my crying and letting go, I sat down and kind of just zoned out. Most of us were sitting on the floor again at that point. That's when I looked at to my left and there was my friend, Ellie. let's call her Ellie. Ellie was laying down on her back with our other friend behind her sort of holding her head. They were older and more experienced members of the ministry. What happened next is the singular most confusing event I have ever witnessed. 
Ellie's body suddenly lifted from the floor. With only her heels touching the ground, her back and legs stiff as a board, lifted off the ground as if she was doing a backward version of Michael Jackson's anti-gravity lean. Her neck and arms were limp. Her arms splayed to the sides in an almost crucifix-like fashion. Our other friend was behind her, holding her head to keep it supported. She would slowly lower back to the floor, only to be yanked up once more, sometimes wobbling back and forth in suspended position. This happened repeatedly, and she was sputtering non-words the entire time. Oddly enough, I wasn't scared. Not at all. In fact, I don't even think I even looked around to see how anyone else was reacting. It was bizarre. That's when I suddenly felt the urge to just lay down and relax. So I did. I laid on my back on the floor, closed my eyes. At first, it felt like trying to take a nap but I drifted into what I can only describe as a deep trance of blank calmness. No, I didn't levitate. I'm pretty sure they would have told me when I opened my eyes from the state, the priest was going through the motions of disassembling the monstrance. Ellie was no longer levitating and the adoration was officially coming to the close. When the lights eventually came back on, others had helped Ellie into a chair and she was tiredly sipping on some water. I checked in with her, but we didn't say much. I was pretty high from the whole ordeal myself, but I remember asking the older members of the ministry why Ellie was floating. They explained to me that Ellie was particularly affected by the phenomenon that was wit- that we witnessed. They said when her soul in such a vulnerable state, demons come and try to take over her body, but angels come to stop them. They said the ensuing spiritual battle results in things such as levitation and people speaking in tongues. However, when I eventually asked Ellie what she sees, when that happens to her, she says she sees Jesus. I don't know what to believe, but what I saw or what I was told, but I know for a fact that I saw a person float and people don't float. That's the rule. This was This has flabbergasted me for about years now. I am no longer Catholic, and frankly, that experience has helped me in check when it comes to being too certain about how the world works. Whenever someone says I probably won't believe their story, I'm like, try me. Yeah, (laughs) so you see why, how these two stories connect? I did not plan this. I had recorded the first story of, um, you know, someone feeling like they saw God or an angel or Jesus or something first. And then this story popped in like either that day or the next day. And I said, I have to record this story. We have to do this. And she agreed. And I so appreciate her trusting me because this is a story she hasn't, she says she doesn't told very much. And it's not easy to tell a story like this. And I feel like she did it in a very grounded, very clear headed, perfect way. But it is very interesting to hear her tell us what she experienced. And you can 
hear what I had to say to her. She had a second part of her email, but I wanted to save that for another time. It's a whole different story. There's enough here. So let's hear what I had to say to Danny. Okay, everybody. Okay, okay. I'm. If you can't tell, I'm really, really excited about this one. Um, you heard me read the email. We have lots to cover, so buckle in, get comfortable. And I have Danny here. Hi, Danny. Hi. How are you doing? Good. 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 Okay. Thank you so much for sending this in. I was saying this to you off air, but I'll say this to everybody, you know, now again, I like to, you know, remind everybody that the way a lot of times these, you know, stories land, I don't totally plan. In the beginning I had, it was easier to kind of like re pre-record and then kind of mix and match. But lately it's just been kind of like falling into place where someone sends in an email and I'm like, I got to do this one. And then it just kind of matches what one I already recorded. So I was, you know, I was telling her that I already recorded the first one people heard and she sent in this email and I was just thought about it right now, how they match. Cause they're about religion and, and faith and is there a God and, you know, that journey and how we all have different journeys that we go through trying to understand our own spirituality, you know? Did you yeah, agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's just so crazy because, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just feel like I was raised in this, this intense view, this black and white kind of, I mean, the Catholic Church, it's so it's been, I, it's one of the, you know, most intense historically, you know, in the Western civilization references mm -hmm. to religion there is. So you think Catholic and you think, oh no, you do something wrong. And, you know, and, you know, just growing up, that was just so intense for me. It, I think that kind of is why I kind of catapulted into it as a teenager so hard because it was almost like a, well, I have to justify why, you know, I was made to think all of these extreme things as a child, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, we were talking about this before we start recording, you know, everybody knows, and I'll remind if you're new to my podcast that, um, you know, I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, which is a very strict religion. And if you're, if you're somebody, I always find it fascinating people who were not raised with religion because people are not really raised with religion, especially one that's so like, pushed on children. You know what I mean? Like, you know, especially the Catholic church is so pushed on children. Like, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? The agenda of, of it to kind of really program you into fear. And, um, and people don't understand how, you know, when you're like, oh, I believed in this and I believed in that. And they're like, oh, you believed a talking snake. You believed. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid and you trust these adults, you're like, this is what they're telling me. I just came into this planet and they're telling me this is how the planet <laughs> works, that there's some guy in the, in the sky watching my every move 
And then there's some other guy in, in the earth who has like power over all the earth and wants to like destroy me. So, uh, it's not hard to manipulate and program children. It's just kind of a, a total wussy move in, to me <laughs> in religion to go to target children because, wow, you made a child, you know, bow to this belief. It's, it's just, it bothers me so much because I know how it feels. And of course you're going to want to explore it and go, well, maybe, you know, because you're raised with it, maybe they're right. Right. You know, maybe, maybe this is the, the way, which is kind and of the consequences. If you're, if you're wrong right. about them not right. being right, it just greatly outweighs, you know, I might as well just kneel and pray. That's easy enough. Burning sucks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Burning sucks. And some, and some guy going like, you know, whispering in your ear, trying to tell you, like, if this is what's going to keep away that bad guy, you know, away from me, who, you know, is chasing me around. I mean, that's what I remember feeling like, terrified of like, oh, the, the you know, the devil made me do it. Or is, you know, is this guy right, like, trying to... I would, I would run by and I would, I was raised in um, a Hispanic household. Mm. And so I would run by and I would like, trip or something. And then an adult in the household would say, oh, that's God punishing you. So growing up being a clumsy child, Aww. I would think any time I was a clumsy child, I did something wrong. And God was staring down at me being like, see? And then I'm like, that's why I'm co uncoordinated. Not because I'm sick, because God hates me. Right? right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, to, to kind of make a child feel like you are pretty much like, I remember being in church and the preacher just screaming, you know, um, that you're nothing, you're nothing, you're lower than dirt stuff. Like, literally yeah. like you, and you're only, a, you're, you know, cause Catholic church is so different. I remember going to a Catholic church, which I'm getting sidetracked, but I, but to get back to the point, I remember sitting there like, and you're only something because Jesus died on a cross and bled for you. And I remember even as a kid, cause I didn't fully buy into it as a kid. I was always like looking around cause I went to, you know, um, you know, that kind of church where they're like yelling at people and stuff and people oh. are crying in the, in the, in the, in the, in the out, you know, and Oh Jesus and God. And I remember going like, am I missing something? Because it's, this doesn't make any sense. Like the story just doesn't add up. Like, so, yeah. you know, like, like he, to me, God it was always kind of like a puppet right. show. Yeah. I just, I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Like there's a God and he created this whole awesome place. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck all that. I'm going to like create someone else. <laughs> I'm gonna, and then I'm going to set. And then this guy is jealous of, of me. And now that he's jealous of me, I'm just going to toss him out and send him to earth. We're talking of Lucifer, right? And then toss him back to earth, down to earth and say, well, you can play here. So I was like, so if you're God, why didn't you just get rid of him? I don't know. I remember th asking those questions in Bible school. Like, why didn't you just tell him? Like, why didn't you just, why didn't he just get rid of him? It seems like it would have saved a lot of problems. Oh, because we, it's to test us. This doesn't make any sense. If he but knows to be. consciousness. Why does he need to test yeah. us? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
does it like the story doesn't add up that's the problem and it's not like it's not that i have a problem with christians who are real christians or people who are really believe in god in right. the sense that they believe in love and they believe in caring for people and they believe in these things I have a problem with controlling people out of fear. And I definitely have a problem with controlling children out of fear. It's just yeah. horrible. It's just like, it's like you pick the easiest target. It's like bullying, you know, like you're bullying the easiest person you can ever bully, which is a child. But anyway, anyway, and I was, mm-hmm. uh, I digress, but my only experience with the Catholic church is that what my, I was in choir and we went to sing at a Catholic church. And I remember being shocked that my church was like willing. Cause by the way, oh, I forgot to tell you this. In my church, the Catholics were the enemy because you believed the Catholics believed that Sunday was God's rest. This is the fight, right? Either Saturday yeah. or Sunday. And I remember thinking like, is that it? Cause is, is that the whole story? Like, is this, there's gotta be more to it. Like, why are we afraid of people? Cause they just want to like, believe God rested on a different day. It's so weird. It just it's sounds so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went to this Catholic church, which I was shocked. They let us do this. And it was so quiet. And so like, if people were just standing up and kneeling down when I came from a very loud, boisterous choirs and people like praising God type of church. And I was like, I remember going, I, I remember being like scared. And so I get it. If, if that was the only experience, it seemed a lot scarier to me, but it also seemed a lot easier in a way, <laughs> but it also seemed scarier. I don't know why, but I felt like it felt like there, I didn't, I felt like it was voided of any energy. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, they also are beautiful churches. I mean, that's the appeal, right? But, um, but I remember that feeling like that. And the only thing we were told about as kids is there used to be a play in my church where it was like, it's the end of times and the end of times. And they're going to sound so stupid when I say it. you're going to die laughing and they're going to force you to believe that God created the world and rested on Sunday. What will you do? And they're putting you in the chair to execute you because that like, was what they, they believe. <laughs> that was a play that we had to watch, by the way, a play. Oh, no. And then, and then, and then, and then, you know, the rumble would happen. It'd be like, Jesus will come right before then. Will you give in? And I remember like, so I remember thinking, I'm going to say yes, because I'm not going to die over this. I'm not going to Until then, can I like just chill until Jesus comes and then I can right. say yes? Like, <laughs> yeah. And and the thing is, in, in my church, they believe you die, you, you, you're dead. There is no heaven until Jesus comes. So then all the zombies get raised oh. from the from the grave. Yeah, they believe like death is death, and then and that's it. And then Jesus comes from the sky, and then all the all the people come out of the graves. Also, Who were good, like, like a way more, like a rapture, but with extra steps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
rapture. Yeah, rapture without extra steps because that's the thing that was like that was the thing that was like so so weird about it because I remember going like well, if they're about to put me in the execution chair and ask me if I believe in God, you know, either I might go to hell. But then also, if you say no, if you say yes, obviously you're going to go to hell. Okay. So, and burn, but hell in the, in the seven day Adventist church is earth and that God's going to burn the earth and restart a new earth. It's, it's very, it's very ridiculous. Anyway, that so. makes more sense to me. Hell is the earth. <laughs> no, they turns into the earth. Oh, oh turn, okay. right. God burns the earth up. All the good people go to heaven while, you know, it takes time to burn the earth and rebuild it. Apparently it takes a lot more time than the original build. The rebuild they said could go on for eons. And I was like, always like, but I thought it took up seven days. It just makes, it makes no sense. So I remember going like, oh my God, what will I do? I think I'm going to say yes, because I'm not going to die in an electric chair over a day. You know, this is, that's how, that's <laughs> how much hard... they try to make us afraid of the Catholic church. Right. They make it seem like it's such a hard choice, hypothetically, in that situation. Like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> What will you do? So anyway, let's get to your awesome, <laughs> awesome email. Okay. So, okay. So, so as long as you remember, you've been fascinated with the paranormal. That's awesome. Um, and ghosts and monsters and goosebumps. Oh, so cute. I could tell that you're young because you like goosebumps. <laughs> so cute. Um, and a fascinated with the paranormal and you were extremely terrified, which, which kind of makes sense. Right. Um, Okay. So the first thing is you said that you had some kind of boxy. This is, this is, this is, I want to make sure. Cause I, she, Oh, by the way, everyone should know she had two stories. Um, and I want to say the other story I'm going to read on, uh, on when I like read emails and answer, because I really want to focus on this story. So I'm, I am right. So this, the first part of the story kind of starts off with you and your paranormal experiences. So could you want to talk a little bit about that? Cause you had something happen with the TV and I love all the classic, you know, PS one and you turn the TV and you said you had some kind of experience that was before the whole we're leading up to the other part of the story of the Catholic church part. Right. So what was happening with that? Right. So I was always like, I was, I always felt like there was just stuff in the dark in the room. Mm -hmm. Even though I had night lights and stuff. I, I also had a pretty busy room. There were shadows everywhere just from stuff in my room. So I could have just been overthinking shadows. But there was this one night where I, my bed was on one wall and this little TV, it's probably only about as big as like an open laptop screen um, resting on like a little shelf thing I had on the other side of the room. And then suddenly it just turns on static and naturally it's like the ring i knew that reference um it's like the only horror movie reference i knew being like seven or eight yeah yeah so, i bet that would be so scary yeah on. yeah and i'm just immediately scared and i look and i'm like oh my tv turned on and then i go you know i go turn it off naturally i'm like oh it must have just been a weird electric thing because you know i've there was a situation once where like a lightning struck nearby and this transformer in our in the telephone pole in our backyard exploded. So I'm like, oh, it might, it might have just been like a crazy thing, but I was still scared. So I kind mm -hmm. of got under the blankets and I'm like, you know, it, it might be something, but if I'm under the blankets, I'm safe. 
you know, nothing can right. get me. It's a shield. And I was facing the wall. It's like, if I can't <laughs> see it, it can't see me. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind so, of, like, it's kind of true in a way, because you're kind of, even, even it's almost like the blankets are being a symbolism of a protective shield. So that makes sense. That was good. Yeah, instincts. I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That was good. Yeah. yeah that, Cause that's pretty much all you need to do sometimes in that realm is to kind of give a little signal of like, uh, not, not on my watch kind of thing, you know, I'm protecting myself. So then you said right. you felt you had a power surge, right? And your TV playing video games. Okay. So what happened with so like the whole, like, again, yeah. Again, like right mm-hmm. as I was about to fall back asleep. And right. that's when I realized something was wonky because, well, second, first of all, I was done at that point. I unplugged the TV and I ran and I slept, you know, between my grandparents and I don't think anything else happened after that, but I remember just thinking like the setting that it would be on, I was constantly only playing video games. I would only play on my PS1. And so it would come up, if I, if you just turn on the TV screen, it was quiet because sometimes I had accidentally, you know, only turned off my system and left my TV on and fallen asleep. And, you know, I wake up, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh no. And because it just shows video two in the corner when it's on that setting to get to static, you have to press the mode button. So I'm like, oh. a power surge can't press the mode button. And my because fa- my family's mm-hmm. like, oh, it was just a power surge. It was just a power surge. And, you know, I'm trying to explain to them that, no, a power surge can't just make it change settings like that. And, you know, they weren't listening to me. I was a kid. And so I just right. had to fix that. And, the, and did yeah. you see, did you see anything um, kind of along with that? Like, did you see any like shadow figures or anything prior to that if you remember oh, actually one time I did and I can't remember because I was a lot younger I was maybe like maybe five or six and I remember my grandfather was um watching tv and he wanted me to go let the dog out or in or something and I remember just telling him over and over there's a person shaped shadow by the door I don't want to go over there or in the kitchen or you know, the kitchen was by the, you know, the back door where I was going to let the dog in. And I just kept on telling him that over and over. And he just, he was like, I don't care, just go. So I ran, you know, let the dog in and ran back, just like, kind of like with my blinders up like a horse, like, I I can't see you. I'm not doing, you know. Yeah. 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 I just just remembered that. I thought of that like a couple of weeks ago, but I hadn't thought of that. I didn't think while I was writing my email to include it. Yeah. Okay. Good. I, I have that in queue into my and to look into. Okay, so you were raised Catholic, as we covered quite thoroughly, I think, <laughs> and your family had go through a, a confirmation program. Now, for those of us who aren't familiar with the Catholic Church as intimately as you are, can you explain all of that, like the confirmation program, what does that mean and what entails in that? Right. So it's, I don't want to use the word culty, but it's kind it of It is culty. culty. You can use yeah. culty. I think we all, I think we all can collectively agree that the Catholic church is pretty culty. Yeah. So yeah. it was like a, a confirmation is kind of like the cult initiation. So like for about mm-hmm. 10 years, I was in catechism, which is church school, but it needs a fancy name because it's Catholic. And 
once you're old, once you finish your church school for my church community, you were old enough to go into the confirmation program, which is like high school age. And the confirmation is like a two year program. You have a sponsor, which is, you know, somebody in your family who's like, oh, I'm going to see you through your journey becoming a full fledged Catholic. And that for me, that was my great grandmother. And I don't know if I don't know how differently different churches do it, but my church did it through a series. We would have like these meetings on Sundays with like the youth ministry. We would go on retreats. We did projects. And oh, wow. Oh, we also a huge, huge part of it. You choose your saint. Um, You choose your saint name. So like you get confirmed in the name of a saint and that saint is like your saint. I'm not like your saint that you like. This is my saint that I like go to when I have a problem, when I feel scared or like they're my personal saint. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm not sure how to describe it, but you just said it perfectly. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So then after you're being confirmed, you became a leader. Oh, you started to really get moving up the ranks and became in the youth ministry, right? And yeah. then um, basically revolved around prayer theme, bonding exercises um, that my leadership retreat would shock me with my core memory that I still swear by. What does that mean? So like the the thing we're about to talk about. Yeah. It's just one of my main formative memories that I mm-hmm. it's just I sit on this and anytime I see something and I'm like, I know how that works. And then I remember this this thing where I saw this person come off the ground and I think mm-hmm. screw that I don't know how things work maybe I'll maybe <laughs> I could look look into it more if anything you know yeah that makes sense that to- I think that kind of describes perfectly just all of the concept of what we're people are interested about the paranormal which is maybe we don't really know how everything works. And I think it kind of, for me, is in line and my approach is, I feel like this is a science we don't understand all the way, you know, a a different, that there's other things going on. So this makes sense. Okay. So you did prayer theme bonding exercises. Okay. So you did that. And even I find myself questioning it sometimes. Okay. It was a warm night and, um, you were doing a prayer meditation, which you focused on things you wanted to let go of emotionally and the port of prayer meditation, different locations of prayer, different things. This was all leading to our final stop along the path, the hall in which our, our ad, ad, adoration was going to take place. Okay. Now you want to explain what a Catholic adoration is for Pete, for all of us. So an adoration is, I can only describe it as like, you are letting go to Jesus. So like the, it involves the monstrance. Like, is this, is this after you've read my email? I'm sorry. I forgot the yes. sequence a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the monstrance, it looks like it's very elaborate, expensive looking cross that I think I described it as the chair from game of Thrones. And yeah. inside of it goes the Eucharist, which is, you know, the cracker that you eat, which is the quote body of Christ. And during a normal mass, the body of Christ just kind of, you believe it's actually the body of Christ. This is one of the things that didn't make sense. It is, but it isn't. I'm like, this is flesh, but it's a cracker. Anyway, it was the body of Christ, 
But during adoration, it's so special that apparently Jesus himself concentrates into this special Eucharist cracker and he's there somehow in that. Okay, wait, I have to pause you. Okay, I'm familiar with this concept because I have a question. This was the part I really wanted to ask you questions about to be clear, to be clear about the story. But um, I, I'm familiar because we I grew up with communion and in communion, um, they give you the cracker. And I remember the same thing, like, why are we eating? Like, why is this not weird that we're all deciding that we're eating Christ and drinking his blood, which by <laughs> the way, everyone, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a very witchy spiritual talk to the dead, but I'm not doing rituals, believing I'm eating anyone or drinking their blood. Just saying, just saying, <laughs> just saying, I know everyone's afraid of me, but when I went to church, that's what they were telling me. Is that kind of, so now you're telling me this particular time and cracker is saying that not only is it a cracker, but it's actually him. Is that what you're saying to me? Yes, literally. Wow. Even if there's a hundred adorations going on on the planet at once, somehow Jesus is there in that cracker. That's so insane. That's the only word I could come up with because that is so mind manipulating and so mind blowing to do to people. Like how, of course you're going to follow because you're believing now that this person can manifest into form. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's intense. That's intense. Okay. And so you're doing this and then now I, this is the part I want you to explain. I'm bringing out the monstrance, which is an elaborate golden cross like thing in the Game of Thrones. What is that part for? I know I get now the Jesus cracker thing, but what is that part for? Is that to to kind of evoke them into physical form? I think so. I it was either because I always thought the priest had the power to call on Jesus and the monstrance was just something decorative because we're Catholic and have money, but uh, maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> they do like have a, money. Yeah, they do, like they do that part good. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. So it's just to make, it's very showy because a lot of the Catholic stuff is, that's why people like it. Super ritualistic. Very right. I could like, be wrong. like every okay. picture I've seen of it looks pretty much the same. So maybe there's significance to why it looks like the chair from game of Thrones. But that's how I always thought about it. Well, maybe that was the inspiration. You know, maybe the Game of Thrones is kind of inspired a little bit. Because, you know, you pull a little bit of this, a little bit of that when you're writing things, you know. Okay. I mean, I would not be surprised. I'm sure it is. Um, Your authors, Catholics, believe that during adoration, um, you're, you're, is this Eucharist? How do you say this? Eucharist? Eucharist? Eucharist. 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 Yeah. And in the monstrance doesn't just become Jesus. Jesus becomes the Eucharist. So that's the cracker, the Eucharist part. Yeah, that's the cracker. We could just call it okay. cracker. I mean, we're just called Jesus is. cracker for everybody. Jesus okay. Cracker. <laughs> As How many Jesus crackers does it take to make a Jesus? Sorry. <laughs> um, apparently a lot or actually apparently just one. Right. Apparently. One. Yeah. We, yeah. We came up with that answer right now. We just came up with it right now. Okay. Is it tardy essence is, is temporarily possessing that? Okay. That is, wow. That was, that's, that would mess with my mind as a kid. 
we gathered around a large table. Cause you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that I was raised in a church and they had all this stuff going on. But what I remember as it going into the Catholic ceremony that it felt very intimidating. And if I had to do that all the time, it w- I think it would be a whole different mind fuck for me because it definitely is very intimidating. Okay. We gathered around a large table covered in white cloth and the room was dim. And yet, a, and so you had a couple of musicians even. Okay. So is this a different room than the actual church area? Yeah. So this whole thing, this whole retreat took place in like a campground that's usually used for like when schools do their outdoor ed program. Oh, wow. So wait, this was even like a campground. I think I didn't. I, okay. I'm getting a different vision of this. Okay. That's even creepier in a way. Yeah. Cause this walk, this outdoor walk we did was outside, like passing like rocks and cactuses. It was kind of like a deserty type campground. God, they're just really pulling in all the bells and whistles. Okay. So otherwise all the light came from real candles. So now you're like in this campground, you have the white table, you have candles. I mean, you're really setting. And I should, I should specify that the table is indoors. So we like walk through the campground and we come okay. to like this hall where we would right. do like our singing, our worship basically. And this hall was done up with, you know, this, this vibe. This is very much conjuring. Just so everybody knows, this is a conjuring. So this is conjuring, seance, ritualistic type of thing going on here. Okay, forming four aisles extending outward from the table. I don't remember if the candle is on the floor. Okay, so we divide yourselves and you um, into the four sections. Oh, so you guys. Okay, now I'm picturing it. So there's four sections that are like the cross, right? Boom, yeah, boom, like boom. quadrant one through four, and then the cross itself, right. or like the aisles leading to the table. Wow. Okay. Anybody listening to this, if you have similar experiences, you should write in, and then this is this is a we're gonna have a healing experience for everybody because <laughs> this is this this is very a lot for a kid. How old were you again? Oh, well, I was probably like seventeen or eighteen at this point. Okay, but you been going through been indoctored into this since you were a kid so by yeah. now you're just like okay yeah that's a lot that's when the even 17 18 after going through that your whole life it's it's pretty intimidating to me that's when the priest slowly walked in the monsters down the aisle into the special eucharist okay and then the people, okay, so we got that. And the so there's like live musicians playing softly. And then so people start to cry. Can you explain that part? Like, what were you feeling and what was going on? Yeah, so um, before this, you know, it was explained to us that like, this is a time where you're going to, you know, the whole walk was us like thinking, okay, what's on my shoulders? What's What cross am I bearing kind of mm. thing? And okay. it was all about gotcha. bringing our crosses to Jesus to let go mm-hmm. of. Of course. Yes. This is such a beautiful, lovely, warm way to do that. <laughs> God. <laughs> I signed me up. No, okay. One by one, every single person started crying. So did you feel moved? Did you cry? Oh, yeah. Everybody cried. Like, I don't think okay. I've ever more mostly cried in my life. 
so so that's why I'm tr- that's the reason why I'm asking you these questions because I'm I'm getting a read on this by the way as I'm also helping everybody really understand what you were really going through I'm also getting a read on it um, you know as well um, and so my feeling is that it kind of sounds like you were overtaken by all this energy so you're crying now because by the way a lot of I've seen people do this in in um, covens and other things that where people feel overtaken. Um, okay, so turns approaching the monsters, bowing to it and praying and touching it. Okay, so the monstrous, the monstrous, the monstrous. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you explain that? What it is again? Am I? Am I? I feel like I'm mixing it up with the cracker. That's the chair. That's the that's the great Game of Thrones thing, right? Yeah, the cracker is inside. Like it has the monsters has a little holder in the center that's holding the the cracker. So everybody is bowing to the cracker. Is that what you're mm-hmm. saying to me? Okay. Yes, and we all bowed and cried to a cracker. See, because you know that if one person said that, it would break it like a little bit, or you'd be like, you're being disrespectful, but I'm saying like, they'll never call it a cracker. You realize that's part of the, 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 the brainwashing. That's part of like hypnotizing people is by making all these, these terms sound so big and intimidating. Cause if you were like, listen, bow to the cracker, it wouldn't have the same effect. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah see what I mean this is kind of what I mean about when you when I've had friends who weren't raised in this way and you say things like I was raised where you couldn't wear nail polish because you're gonna go to hell um they're and you're and you say it out loud they're like for nail polish like they're just like I don't understand and you're like you don't understand it's wrong the prophet said you know and then when you get older and you get and you and when when you start getting unbrainwashed you see it differently you know people were holding each other and sobbing okay praying over the comfort each other okay after i did pretty much all of my crying and then you were sitting on the floor we'll call your friend ellie um <clears throat> ellie was laying down on her back with the other friend behind her don't get nervous i could feel your energy again getting a little this is the part that i think is hard for you um um, and sort of holding her head, they were older and more experienced. Okay. Um, happened next is a singer. It's so confusing. So this is what everybody's waiting for, you know? So suddenly her body lifted for the floor. I loved your description because you made me see it very clear. You said it, it's like the opposite of the Michael Jackson leaning forward. You were seeing her leaning back kind of on her back like that, right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Okay. It's how far how far up do you think she was? She I would say like well past a 45 degree angle. Like I was actually wondering if she was going to fully stand and what would happen if that were to be the case, but she never did. Okay, so she was pretty it was pretty levitating. So she was kind of like hanging on her heels and her arms were stretched out like she was on a cross. Is that what, right? Yes. And like, she only went up really, really far, like once or twice. She mainly stayed like, I want to say with her head and shoulders, maybe two to three feet off the ground. Okay. 
Okay, so she would slowly lower back to the floor only to yank up. Yank up? What do you mean by yank up? Like she, so yanked, she like jolted? Quickly. Yeah, it didn't happen like some, it didn't look organic. It was like she was a hatch door and someone was opening her really Pulling forcefully. her. Yeah. Okay. Oddly enough, I wasn't scared. So you didn't feel scared? I did not actually. You felt like, okay, this, you know, this is what's happening. And did you feel like it at, in the moment that it, did you feel an energy around you at the time? Yes. Uh, okay. I don't know how yeah. to describe it, but it felt very intense. Like vibrating. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. At first it felt like trying to, so then you laid down and when you laid down, why don't you go ahead and explain what you felt? I felt like. It, it, it's weird. It was like I was in a trance, but I was, it was very blank. There wasn't, there wasn't, oh, peace and love, earth. Like it wasn't that kind of thing. It was just a, this is quiet. We're okay. We're just going to okay. be quiet right now. Okay. Okay. I have something to say about that too. So no, you didn't levitate. And then you open your eyes from the state and the priest was going through the motions of dissembling. Okay. So they start taking it you know, they start dissembling it, right? That the whole like Game of Thrones thing. And yeah, then like there's a whole process and yeah, it's right. like very motiony. Yeah. Cause it's also ritual and all that is very hypnotizing. It's all kind of done on purpose. When the lights eventually come back on, um, you helped her to the chair and you got him some water. Did you, um, did you talk to her afterwards? I did a little bit. I was like really dazed and my eyes were like very puffy, but she was in a chair with the friend um, who was holding her head and one of our other friends. Um, and she was just sipping water and she was very exhausted. And it was very much the vibe of like, can, can we not crowd her, you know, right now, let's just give her some space. And everybody was else was kind of like, oh, this is what I saw. This is or not what I saw, but like what I felt and what I let go. And some of us were kind of talking about you know, what she had gone through, but it was weirdly like, it was almost like it was a normal event that happened. And I'm, and I was thinking that like, am I the only one who's going to ask questions about this kind of, so I eventually, I don't know if it was that night or the next morning, because it was pretty late at that point. We went right to bed after that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And okay. I asked the leader of our ministry what why that was the case and that's when she told me the angel and demon thing and I'm like okay so I eventually that's when I went up to Ellie and I think this was actually the next morning because she was clear-headed okay. now and I told I asked her like I kind of went up to her when she was aside and I'm like what do you see when that happens and this isn't this isn't the exact conversation that happened this is almost a decade ago but she basically says she sees Jesus so I'm just thinking that's two different answers but these everybody involved with this seems to accept this dichotomy of answers. Mm, okay. So you're saying that the, 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 the elders like, you know, of the group are saying to you, Oh, she's battling the angels and the demons in her. Is that what they were saying? That the angels are battling the demons in her? Yeah. Like they told me that when we're letting go of our crosses and burying ourselves to Jesus like that, we are so, mm -hmm like a turtle without a shell that demons will come and try to take our soul, but angels come and protect us. And since Jesus is there, obviously they can't win. And, but then okay. Ellie said okay. she sees Jesus. 
Okay. So she's, but she didn't say what she felt was in her. No, it was, I wasn't, That's I interesting. wasn't the closest to Ellie. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't talk. Right. She was like in her mid twenties and I was like 17. So there was a little bit of a, you know, communication gap, but so, and gotcha. she was also like one of my kind of mentors. So there was that kind of, Oh, uh, don't worry. It's okay. I'm teaching you and you have to learn that everything is going to be fine. Jesus is here kind of little bit of that energy, you know, that I'm taking care of you. You're a young mm-hmm. member of the ministry kind of energy. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So you didn't know what to believe. And that just kind of has always been, I'm sure I forever, you know, burned into your mind and question, you know, what does this all mean? Um, and you experienced and helped you check in, um, being too certain about, okay, so I see that. So then after that, you kind of went from being a Catholic to an atheist, which is kind of typical for those of us who've been in doctrine, because I did the same thing. I was like, like, I believe in nothing, go away. And anytime anyone came up to me and tried to save my soul, I would just tell them I'm evil or something, go away. <laughs> it was just like anything <laughs> to get them, like, get away from me. It's very common. And then you went into to being a Satanist, and a lot of people aren't really familiar with it. And for those of us, including you, who were raised with that being like the worst thing you could ever imagine, um, it took me a lot of years to really know what that church is really about. So do you want to just ex- make it clear to people what that's really about? Yeah, so there are there are multiple types of Satanism. There's theistic Satanism in which people actually believe in a devil figure like their deity. Mm-hmm. And then there's non-theistic Satanism, which is what I was into, where it's kind of like an anti-religious take on atheism. It's more like, okay, right. prove it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Using, using Satan as a symbol for questioning religion. Right. And we were talking before we started recording and I was telling her, it's just like anything else. Like there's some people who are like hardcore religious and they like follow all the things and they believe in it in a certain way. And there's people who believe in it another way. The most people believe it in the way you're the latter, what you're describing, like, you know, just question everything. They actually even have a lot of like really good, like be good to each other. Don't, they basically are like, you know, just anti-authority type of thing. Like just follow, like, don't, don't, don't feel pressure to follow anything particular. And then there's the other kind, which isn't as I, from my experience, and I could be wrong, isn't as popular, you know, as the ones who are like, this is our deity as the ones that are kind of more like, Hey, just, you know, be an atheist and be a good person <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's what, and it just, that term just helps keep people at bay. You know what I mean? Like leave us alone. We're not going to be in your religion. Okay. So when I found your, your podcast, you decided to dip your toes into your own tuition. Oh, that's the, I'm so happy. Okay. So then um, she went into another story, which I will say for another time. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into into like the um, what I feel. So the first part of this, which is um, really fun, uh, interesting, and you know your whole like, uh, you know um, the the whole like uh, you know 
TV and everything, I definitely saw, I saw somebody um, in that space. I feel like I saw like a man, like that's why I said, did you see a shadow person? Because I feel like I saw someone who was clearly trying to get your attention, but he looks like a young man. And I just want to see if he's connected to your family or connected to that space. But I feel like when I saw him, he, um, and I see him now, he, he looks young. He looks like, I want to say, I want to say like young in the sense of like maybe a teenager, like maybe 16, 17, could even be 18, but he's definitely young. Um, I'm pausing because it could be like 20. It's from that range. I kind of, I kind of get torn, but I would just say he's under 21, but he's not a child. And he looks like he was trying to get your attention and it, it he's actually pretty friendly. It's almost like he died or what he's, what he's showing me is he died in like kind of tragic for himself. Um, like he, he, his life was difficult. I don't feel like he took his life, but he could have OD'd because mm. he's showing me like he was angry and he was an angry teenager and he had a lot of emotional problems. But if he feels like he knew you or knew your family or people in your family, it definitely isn't just connected to the house. So I feel like he was getting your attention because and even when I hear him now, and this is why I know this is someone connected because I'm he's talking to me about you, not like when I'm just observing someone in the space. He reminds me of like Peter Pan, like that's the, the vision I get. And that's even what he's saying, like he's approaching you like you're windy, you know, like come oh my God. see this other world. What? I just, I was obsessed with this Peter Pan movie when I was a kid. And okay. there was like this, you know, young guy who played Peter Pan. And I was just drawn to this movie. It was like my dopamine movie for like two or three years. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he knew you. I feel like he kind of went to school with you guys or something. He's definitely a friend of the family. May not be a close friend, but he's familiar. And he was protecting. That's what he's saying. I didn't want her to go down the same path I went. It was like he wanted you to see. He Because he's like, and I knew the Peter Pan was significant because he's like, use this term. This is important that you say this. Because she's like Wendy, where I know she can see this world. She knows this world. She knows the magic of it. But I just wanted to make sure she was safe. Oh, that is just, I almost feel like I want to cry. Like, Do you know so anybody nice. like this, though? Do you recall anybody? Because the thing that is kind of touching about him is that he came from a rough family. Life was very difficult for him. He wasn't a bad kid at all. He was a kid in a rough circumstance who found himself, you know, going down the wrong path and he died. It wasn't. It definitely was nothing nefarious about him at all. Well, um, actually, the reason why I was living with my grandparents at the time was because my parents were dealing with addiction heavily. Mm. And 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, this just really touches me because he, I feel like he had a encounter. Like, it's like, you know, when you just kind of know someone in your circle and he's like, I can, I can help her. Like, I'm going to make sure she doesn't get affected by her circumstance. And she just needs to wake up to who her magic and if she can do that it might save her so it was just very lovely actually the funny thing is is that I'm about to get into the next part of the story and it's not as lovely at mm. all and you were involved at the church this this is why I do this podcast because I want people to see what we think is the boogeyman and something bad is a lot of times someone lovely trying to help you not always not always but a lot of the time and what we are told is the safe space a lot of the time is not but i want you to know that was a confirmation to your abilities and somebody who knew what you were going through and wanted to help that is just incredibly i don't know how it was touching <laughs> i'm sorry it's, yeah that's okay wow yeah, no, that's totally okay. That's what, that's why I love doing this because um, the sad thing is, is that the things that are presented as good to try to help somebody who was obviously vulnerable because of your circumstances and everything you're going through was taken advantage of. And the very thing that was trying to help you, someone was trying to shoo you away from, right? So right. I'm, I'm glad you didn't ignore it so it worked he 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 kept that light on in you right so yeah, we're gonna switch I've always remembered right okay so we're gonna switch gears to the other though <laughs> what i feel absolutely happened to this girl was not jesus it was not angels battling a demon but it was absolutely very negative spirits that were taking advantage of this situation. Everything they did was a conjuring. I think they absolutely know what they're doing when they do that. I definitely hundred percent. My read on it is that they want this to happen. They wanted her to levitate or someone to levitate or someone to have some kind of crazy experience. My read on her is that she had a lot of problems a lot of things going on with her in her life so it's the opposite right of you had oh. this beautiful helpful thing she had a lot of things she definitely had her own inner personal demons that we all have right and she was battling that and those i just see like very negative energies that and what happened to you was protection like as soon as you described it, I was like, okay, that's what I thought was happening with her. You were told to lay down so you would get away from her, meaning your protectors, meaning one of probably this guy and others were like, you're too, you're too sensitive. You lay down and the trance that you're in was to protect you from what was going on with her. Because I feel like she was easy pickings because she had her own stuff she was battling. It wasn't friendly at all. It is close to p as possession as you could get. And I would 
venture to say pretty much half possession where something was absolutely taking over her, but that that's not God. That's not Jesus. That's not anything positive that it's not even demonic, but it definitely is. I just see it. I don't like them and I don't want to tune into them. Negative energies that love this whole scenario because if they can do this, right. Um, then they get everybody kind of worked up. You know what I mean? Like, so giving, like making them scared so they can like kind of feed off that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's almost like cooperating with what they were doing with the, with the priests and everything. It's like they were conjuring with no protection to anybody. Cause that's not protecting anybody by making you believe you're eating a person basically is what this is. And, and that you, you all are there to help conjure this source. Though there's no protecting you. There's not like they were like, Hey, let's call in the protectors around everyone. It's like they wanted everyone to open up and be vulnerable to whatever could happen to them. And that's why I said, I've seen covens and other types of things that are not Catholic religion or other religion that I used to have a high priestess say, priest say that to me. Oh, it'd be really great if you start levitating when I would do seances and stuff. And I was like, I'm not doing that shit. Like you think that's funny or fun and no, nothing takes over me. It's kind of similar. They wanted, they, they know what they're doing. Wow. It keeps, oops, sorry. I didn't, that was me. <laughs> sorry, everybody. <laughs> I have blasted the music. Um, they knew what they were doing because it kind of is, keeps the theatrics going. You see what I mean? It kind of keeps, you, they, they, they want people who are, are broken a little bit, a little damaged so mm. that, you know, they don't mind that. So I do feel like something did take over her. I believe you a hundred percent because I know people who do that. And that's why Catholic church is just basically pagan. Right. And if you go about the pagan path in a dirty way, like where you're taking advantage of vulnerable people, that shit can happen. And the same thing with the Catholic church. You know what I mean? If you're trying to kind of conjure up things and not protect people. Like if I were to do a seance or do a class where I'm opening people up and I'm not providing protection of those people, things can happen. Not probably this crazy because they are hundred percent gearing up the energy as strong as they can. They want that shit to happen. That's why no one seems shocked. That's why the elders didn't care because they're like, this keeps feeding the agenda be afraid be afraid look what happens people yeah, levitate people coming to mass like right right and i feel like what happened to you is you were laid down and you were protected away from it until it ended wow like i never i i, I like i said before i didn't think of it that way part of me thought that i just I, I guess I was mistaking for like the protective aura around me for what the space was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's kind of part of the trick. You know what I mean? It's like you were feeling good about it 
because your heart was coming from a good place, right? And you were believing in the light. And I feel like this girl kind of had a battle with the dark herself. And if someone doesn't protect you and they exploit it, then yes, things like that can happen. Is it common? Absolutely not. It's very rare. But it's also um, the Catholic Church is very well versed on these things. Yeah. Now, like- that's what I'm saying. They're not to me any different than very experienced, very highly experienced craft people, witchcraft people. And it's very rare that I've met very highly experienced people who could even make something like that happen or, or push something like that. I was around people who wanted that to happen, but, uh, they were messed that I'm the wrong girl. (laughs) I wasn't gonna, I'm not going for it, you know? Um, so that wasn't going to work on me. Um, but they had the same agenda just in the witchcraft realm. They, they worked with spirits, they worked with entities and they kind of liked the idea of, of conjuring, and they used to say stuff like that all the time, like, oh, it'd be really cool if you started levitating. I'm like, no, I do not. I'm not allowing any shit like that. But this poor girl, she believes in them. She believes in everything they're telling her. They're believing in the process and she's battling her own inner demons. You know, she was more right, and vulnerable it kind of, to it. It, it kind of like fed on that energy from her, kind of like not from her, but yeah. like that she had withholding maybe. Yeah, she's just, she's open. She's a believer. That's why I said, if you're just going in and you're trusting and you're open and you believe all these people are there for you to protect you and everything, then obviously you're more susceptible to it. I get the feel. That's why I said that, that this, the PS one thing that happened to you and you making a connection with a protector happened before all this. So I just have a feeling something in you switched on, which is why you're the only one that questioned it. You're the only one that was awake to it. You were like, this is not okay. And so that protected you as well. Being awake to it, questioning, being critical thinker, um, not just following along and ha- and also following your own intuition. So if I had like followed along and like, stuff like that could I have created an energy that would have like affected my ability to be protected I feel I feel like if you had followed along because you're gifted you would have been vulnerable as well but I think you're that's the tricky thing if you are gifted and intuitive person you're not going to follow along because your intuition kicks in and you're like something's off about this something doesn't seem right even though I feel good because those situations you can feel good you can feel good because if it's kind of magical and different and all that, but I feel like that part of you that's like, no, this, this, I'm not going to give into it. Like, I know the feeling. It almost feels like all of a sudden you fall asleep and your body's just kind of awake and you're just floating a little bit. Um, but something in you stayed awake. So I feel like that's what protected you. Like you, your intuition for sure. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, this was interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this because I mean, it should make you feel a lot better. It, it, it's going to show you that at the end of the day and 
you know, always, 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 if you, if you just don't let that little voice fade out and you listen to it, it's the most surefire thing you have in any situation. And I feel like this girl was a believer in whatever they told her and she followed it hook, line and sinker. And so she was prime for it. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I feel like it was probably a good thing. You weren't too close to her and it was a good thing. Um, you just kind of did, you know, kept your distance a little bit. So anyway, good job. <laughs> good <Thank> job. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure I, I have a feeling, um, you know, there'll be a lot of drop jaw, jaws on this one <laughs> and I hope everybody, I hope this encourages you to write in because she was brave to share this very unusual story. And both these stories went so well together. Um, and if you have any, you know, there's a lot of people who have gone through this whole, the Catholic church thing or other types of things like it. And maybe we can help each other heal from that sort of manipulation in us. So I'm glad you found your path found your way good on you and we have to thank peter pan too <laughs> is that is that you think that's a good nickname for him i think we're gonna call him peter pan yeah all right thank you peter pan yeah thank you all right thanks so much thank you i had a great time awesome yeah yeah right let's all take a wow wow breath i just feel that the amazing part about her story is i believe it and the reason i believe it because if she had told me like her and her friends just kind of like did you know stiff as a board you know that type of thing from the craft and you know was messing around i wouldn't really as much it would be harder to believe first of all i tend to look and see what i see so that helps me um you know for sure that's kind of you know my go-to obviously that's what i'm leaning on but even when I read it before I just fully tapped in, I could feel this was real. And it has to do with her doubt of it and her wondering what is real and not real. Because that's what happens when you have crazy experiences. What people don't understand, it would be awesome if it was like the movies where all of a sudden you have this experience and then you're, oh, I know. I know all the answers. I've seen things that you can't possibly understand. It's not. It's the opposite. You have this amazing experience, something about it you can't explain. And it just kind of sits in your stomach like, you know, a rock. And you just don't know how to digest it. And it just sits there. And also, the other reason is because the Catholic Church, in my opinion, because they've stolen all the pagan, you know, stuff... They very much know how to, as I told her, how to conjure, how to wrestle those things, how to bring them in. It's why I feel that they're in movies all the time. That's why people are so drawn to it. That's why there's something so amazing about the churches and the artistry and 
all of it and the rituals that they have because they are pulling from old magic. They are pulling from things from the old world. I know people who may not appreciate that, and this is not a disrespect to the people who actually embrace this, but we have to also say that you you have to be responsible, right? You have to be responsible in how you're handling um, things for people. So when you have that kind of power and that understanding of how magic works, how the spirit world works and all of these things, you need to be responsible, responsible on how you're handling it. And I feel that's probably the problem people have amongst many other things with the Catholic church that they don't handle it that way. They've used their power to control people. I absolutely believe, um, I've said this for a long time, there are people who really understand this kind of power. There are people who are into witchcraft and all kinds of things that you would have never heard their name. They are never going to be famous. There's groups. It's not underground groups that are controlling the world or anything. We're just talking about people who meet and do their thing together, who would look like everyday people to you, who know how to wield this, who are not trying to wield it in a way to be controlling and have power over people. And so I feel like what is so trippy is that, and so difficult is that they were knowing what they were doing, taking very vulnerable kids and opening themselves up and pulling them in, very much understanding what they are doing. And then you have devotees for life, right? You definitely are going to be devoted if you have <laughs> if you have an experience like this. So yeah, I do believe this. And like I told her, I I um and I'm pretty, pretty sure I told her on the podcast because we talked a little bit after. And I'll tell you, I had some people who wanted me to do that, who in the work that I do during doing seances and other things, they would joke about all the time, oh, let's get you to levitate. And they would say, this is something that people can do. And it is pretty much a form of something taking over. It's not like in the movies of possession, like you see in The Exorcist and things like this. But it's kind of more like when you're not having the boundaries where you're like, okay, the two worlds are colliding. You're breaking the rules, by the way, between the worlds. And that's why I feel she was protected. I feel she was protected because something already was there and trying to help her and protect her. So I definitely feel like something was saying to her, you know, hey, um, you're not going to have this go through you today. So just lay down because this way you'll avoid it taking over. It was almost like, let's just stop the energy. But man, was that not trippy? And so please email if you've had some experiences because all spiritual things, churches and all the things, things can happen unexplained things, magical things. Every day these things can happen and we just dismiss it because we're afraid of it and we're not quite sure how to explain it, which is my whole point of doing this podcast is to help 
to try and help and bring as much clarity as I can. So I wanted to end with thanking everybody who's putting in the reviews. Uh, Please keep them coming. I'm getting so much great feedback on this podcast. I love it so much. I mean, it has really been a joy of mine to do this, to be able to meet you all. I love people. I love hearing your stories. I love helping you through your stories. I am teaching a class, funny enough, on working with spirits and spellcraft. And it's my way of how you work with the spirit world properly, protectively, carefully, and how I do spell work is I use the spirit realm. So I am teaching this class. If you'd like to sign up, it's coming up in the next few weeks. It's going to be a really good one because honestly, this is why I do what I do. So I can show you there is a way to work with that realm. You do not have to levitate to work with that realm and you don't have to go into trances and have them take over. You can stay right where you are. They could stay right where they are, but we can work together. Thank you all so much. Follow yourself, follow no one, listen to your inner voice, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the House Medium Podcast, and thank you for those who joined me on my podcast and allowing me to also read your emails and having all of us, including the listeners, go down the rabbit hole with you. And speaking of which, don't forget to email me all your questions at thehousemedium at gmail. And you can also follow me on Instagram at The House Medium or Adele Levine. And if you're interested in my services, you can check out adelelevine.com. And remember, those bumps in the night, or if you need help on your housing needs, renting or buying, I can pop on by. But if you are experiencing bumps in the night or shadows in your room, It may not be just your imagination, so contact me, Adela, your house medium.